Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, my friend, and apologies for this less than ideal sound quality. When I went to record the Patreon episode this week, my recorder did not work. And so it means that this week I don't have a regular episode for you and I am recording this onto my phone. However, I was planning on bringing you this live episode from when I was in Limerick with Anna Nolan anyway. Uh, the original plan was to bring it to you last week. Um, and now you're getting it this week instead. I so enjoyed this chat with Anna. She is so smart, so clued in, really funny, totally charming. I think you are going to love her. Um, you'll hear me introduce her, but obviously Anna Nolan was on the very first Big Brother and she has had so many interesting kind of roles in her career since then. We talked about absolutely all of that and more. I hope you enjoy it and I'll be back with a regular episode next week. I am wearing... Oh, you guys. I am wearing very dangerous shoes. I never wear heels, ever. And look at these. Who do I think I am? I'll tell you who I am. I'm someone who can never get it together to get their trousers taken off. And so then you're like, I want to wear those trousers, but they're way too long, and then I have to wear the heels. And I got these on a shoot. I was telling them backstage. Um, that sounds very, like, arsele, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I was doing a thing with uh, TK Maxx, and um, Courtney Smith was styling it, and at the end, she was like, do you want to keep the shoes? And I was like, I will never wear them. But yes, I will take them. I will take them. So first of all, thank you guys so much for coming. I know the weather's a bit grim, and let's be real, the world is a bit grim. Um, I hope you don't mind that I have this up here, but just I've been getting lots and lots of messages from people saying they want to donate, but they're not sure where they want to donate. And um, it's kind of a tricky one because, I mean, I think we all are in the same boat. You kind of want to make sure your money is going to the right place, that it's somewhere that it's actually going to be used. This is who I've been donating to. I don't work for them. I can't make any guarantees, but my hope is um, that there are organizations that are actually making a difference um, because it is tough. And it feels a bit weird, I think, I find at the moment to almost 
like do anything that isn't talking about this, but I'm not going to talk about this for an hour and a half, so don't worry. <laughs> no, we're going to have a bit of fun tonight, and um, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. But before I do, I just wanted to acknowledge um, there are some people who were supposed to be at this show tonight who aren't here because they were at a funeral today. Shh. Um, sorry. We do not need my WhatsApp going off and, well, as we do this, do we? I'll get rid. So yeah, there are some people who were supposed to be here, but they're not because they're at the funeral of Joe Drennan today. I'm sure you all heard about the absolutely tragic accident that happened and he died in a, in a car accident. He was 21, just in case you didn't hear about him. I have read so many beautiful, glowing reports about him this week, and it seems like we really lost someone who was really passionate about giving something special to the world. So I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that. Um, it's a real shame. The whole thing is a real shame. Um, but I'm sure I'll come back to Limerick again, and we'll all get together. Okay, so who saw today who the guest is tonight? So, so who doesn't know who the guest is tonight? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so normally I keep it a secret, but today I just felt like, oh, sure, fucking. Um, who watches Big Brother? Who's watching the new season? Okay, few. Who watched Big Brother back in the day? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so I'm watching all of it. Uh, I have always been a big fan of Big Brother. I watched from the very first series. I fell off a little bit kind of toward the end of the Real People ones, but always stayed engaged with the Celebrity Big Brother series because it was just full of absolute mayhem. Um, and my guest tonight, I mean, I have been following her career since I saw her on Big Brother, but she has done so much more than be on Big Brother. But she very graciously has agreed to at least talk to me for a little bit about that experience tonight. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Big Brother in general. I'm going to take you back to the very beginning. We're going to go through, we're going to watch some little clips. We're going to enjoy some famous moments. And I thought I would introduce my guest first so that she can join us in watching those clips. So please welcome Anna Nolan. <laughs> Did someone gasp? <laughs> Someone fully gasped when I said her name. <laughs> no, genuinely, I really enjoyed Maybe that. Maybe there was something caught in their throat. Uh, <laughs> choking. So I have a million, 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 million questions to ask Anna. But before, as I said, we're going to go down through the annals of time. I'm going to go back to the year 2000 and talk a little bit about how Big Brother came into our lives in the first place. Um, because before we do that, oh, God. can I gush about Louise McSharry for just a little bit? <laughs> Your podcast is absolutely incredible and you have just managed to create a space where you can talk about really important, serious issues in a very down-to-earth, accessible way. And you can have a load of fun in relation to lots of other things. And the third thing that I love so much about you is how much you share about your life. You know, personal stuff, emotional stuff, and, and for me, I just think it's, it's brave at times, but it's equally as important. So I think a huge round of applause for Louise McSherry. Okay, thank you. I love it. Thank you. I love you. I love thank it. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. I actually really struggle sometimes with the personal stuff. Do you? Yeah, sometimes I'm like, do people really want to hear it? They do. It's hard because the people who... Like, say, when I was on the radio or even now on social media, the people, the pricks, right, who exist <laughs> in the world and who send you messages, 
they, what they'll always say is something like, nobody cares, or like, you know, you have a story for everything. That's, there was this one guy who used to listen to me on the radio in Galway, and every time I told a story, he would text in and say, you have a story for everything. Okay. And I was like, yeah, like, what are you going to do? I mean, I'd like it if things stopped happening to me, but that's just not the way it's going. Yeah, but what you have shared is the things that everybody experiences and how yeah. you are coping with them. And yeah. we've all, we all learn to cope with the tricky things, sometimes really badly, and mm. it's only through seeing how somebody else is coping with the challenges in life that yeah. you think, okay, it's okay I'm feeling this way, yeah. it's okay I'm reacting this way, and actually there's a really good bloody tip in how to deal with that, whatever it is, again. So, don't mind the pricks. Well, thank you. No, I think it's just, it's those things that kind of get into your head, um, but I think the reality is, and the reason that I do choose to share what I do choose to share, is that I have learned and gained so much from other people sharing mm. their experiences. Mm. And I always say, I'm like a fucking broken record at this stage, but like, I just genuinely think that shared experience is the most powerful thing we have. Yeah. Because almost nothing we will experience mm. in life is truly original. Yeah. You know, or yeah. unique. Like, you can be pretty much guaranteed that someone else has been through it. And sometimes all you need is someone to go, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, and there's so many big, heavy, serious, difficult things that are going on in the world. Sometimes if you just see it in a small space, it's yeah. brilliant. Like I love, I love your social media. I love your podcast. The other person who I absolutely love is this woman called Claire Balding as well. Oh, I love her. Yeah. yeah. And the two of you just talking about everyday things just makes me feel good. Yeah. And I love it so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Now, though. Big brother. No, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about you for 45 minutes and me for two and a half. <laughs> well, no, we've got loads to talk about about you and not just Big Brother, but I thought it might be a good idea just because not everybody has watched Big Brother or followed Big Brother. So I thought it might be good to kind of contextualize where we first got to know you. Um, and of course, it was 23 years ago. Um, I know. I know. I know, the passage I was of 12. time. It gets me every time. Um, yeah, in the year 2000 was the first Big Brother. And I was thinking about this because my whole family watched Big Brother. Like my parents, like everyone in our house watched it because it was this social experiment. Like it was like an anthropological study. It was really billed as quite highbrow um, television. And I don't know if you remember, but like during the first series, the one of the highlight shows, they had psychologists on kind of analyzing people's behavior. Like it wasn't, I don't even think we were talking about reality TV at that stage or we were just starting to. Yeah. Like it wasn't. I don't, th I don't think the phrase had even come about. I don't yeah. think the genre of reality television was there. Yeah. This, this was just putting people in a house and filming them 24-7. Yeah, because in the first series, um, it feels weird now that I'm saying this beside Anna who actually did it, but anyway, <laughs> in the first series they didn't have, they had shopping tasks, but they didn't have like crazy stunt tasks or anything like that. Like, I feel like you guys must have been bored a lot. We were incredibly bored. Yeah. We, it was very, very basic. And I was watching the images of the house from this year, and it just looked sensational. We were in a prefab that got infected by insects. <laughs> uh, heating broke down. They had to bring in blankets. It was, there was a leak that we had to put buckets under a leak. It was like we were thrown into a shed. So it didn't, it didn't have the razzmatazz, the money, or the, yeah. you know, the production. It was a big enough production, but it, it wasn't like what you see on a set. 
uh, at the moment. Am I right in thinking that you guys had books? We d oh my God, we could bring in a, one book, one magazine, this is what we're allowed to bring in, and one treat. So, uh, so I brought in a book, um, uh, Cat's Eyes by Margaret Atwood. I've oh. never written, I know. Listen, I've never... Sorry, I, I need to know that, the selection no, no, no. of that book. I, I, I've <laughs> never read Margaret Atwood before, and my good friend Emma Frank said, so you need to kind of bring in a good book. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I, I brought in that, and it was fantastic. But we kind of made a deal very early on that we wouldn't read our own books. We would hold back so that if we were there for seven weeks, we could exchange, you know, you'd yeah. exchange your book and hold your own book till the end. Yeah, because I have this memory of you guys in the back garden reading, sunbathing. I feel like there was a lot of sunbathing. Yes, there was. Yeah. Sunbathing, pacing, you know, uh, eking out the most ridiculous daily tasks, such as making toast. I worked out that making a slice of toast and buttering it and sitting down would take approximately eight and a half, nine minutes. <laughs> and, that, and thinking about it would be 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah. So you just divided your hours yeah. into doing tiny little things like yeah, that. Yeah. It was as boring as batshit. <laughs> it was... Okay, I have so dull. much more to ask you okay. about the process of you coming to Big Brother and yeah. where you were before that. Yeah. But let's continue in our journey. And before we move on from Series 1, we have to acknowledge that Series 1 was... Nasty Nick. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a dope. Well. <laughs> oh my, he was such a plonker. Well, didn't he work in like finance? I don't know. He not lied to, about everything. Not to not all men finance people or whatever, <laughs> but like, you know. He was just one of those privileged, Pricks. upper middle class, yeah gits that I had an allergic reaction to. Yeah. So we never bonded in any way. And I'm sure you'd be talking about the drama of yeah. it's a part of so, so for I'll those stop. <laughs> for those who don't remember, um Big Brother, obviously, one thing that is sacred and that has remained unchanged over the years is that you don't talk about nominations. There's not meant to be any communication whatsoever about nominations. But little old Nick did not abide by these rules. And it was discovered that he had, in fact, been communicating about nominations. Mm -hmm. And it all came to a head. Please watch Anna, by the way, in this clip. Oh, I'm more telling this. The no, drama. it's amazing. It's amazing. It's very dramatic. But Anna is like, no, no, shh, wait. Like, watch um, and enjoy. This was the turning point for Craig, who went on to win Big Brother. As soon as everyone's up, the meeting is called. Mm. Uh, okay, well, I've got a, a very important thing I want to bring up. Uh, I think everyone should be aware of it, and it's everybody's concern. Uh, basically, I'm sorry I have to say it, Nick, but I'm very disappointed in yourself. Uh, I not only feel I'm quite positive and got evidence uh, that you're plotting a, pl a very dirty plan on everybody in here to vote against each other and steer it divert from you. Oh, yeah, it's a, a, an absurd, Craig. It's not one of your... Yeah. OK, y you may think it's absurd, Nick, but let me point out a few facts here. Uh, there's a number of people sitting around this table, right, who have come to me over the weekend and basically said... Uh, that you have showed them a piece of paper with various names on it, uh, i.e. my name on a number of occasions. I have witnessed you giving me a piece of paper with various people's names on, and so have other people around this table, which I don't want to mention their names. If they want to feel free and add in on it, 
they're welcome to. Uh, what disappoints me the most, Nick, right? Um, how how can you be so two-faced? Yeah. You know, if this is true, you well, I know it's true. Right. You know it's true that yeah. you have sat and blatantly had a one-on-one conversation with me and make arrangements for the future. You know, when we get out of here to go and visit Tom and things like. That. I want to ask you, Nick, how can you do that? Right? No farewell. You've passed paper around people around this table with my name on in a conspiracy to get me out. Now, you may think I'm being paranoid or upset and feeling personal because I'm nominated out this week. You're wrong. I don't feel that. Right? I feel everyone in this room is strong enough to make up their own minds. Right? Uh, I feel I'm fairly nominated in this week. I don't know the reasons. Everyone's entitled to vote, and I think it's done fairly. Uh, but what I cannot understand, and I'm asking you, please explain to me. Mm. What, what's your game? What are you playing at? <laughs> the absolute drama. The absolute intensity. And when you look back, you just think, you know what Nick's doing? He's just trying to win a game. But we were so devastated. We were so hurt that somebody was cheating. Were you also a little bit excited to have yeah. something to Fuck talk about? Yeah, fuck all that happened yeah. the previous four <laughs> weeks. And, and we thought, okay, now we have something to talk about. Like, it took up. There were little huddles and little discussions. Yeah. The funny thing about Nick and what I was saying about Nick was, Nick connected with everybody and was showing names to everybody in the Big Brother house. He came nowhere near me. He just, we just had this allergic reaction to each other. So he knew I wasn't going to be part of his gang. Oh, that's and nice, isn't it, though? Yeah, yeah. I remember there was someone I once worked with who shall remain nameless and um, who really liked to like smarm around the office and I just openly despised him. Yeah. And he never came near me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once he you followed show me it. on Twitter and I did not follow him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't have enemies like I really genuinely get on with most people yeah but sometimes you just can see in someone that Absolutely. they are not a good one yeah and you steer are not clear yeah 100%. and let them know you want to, to have nothing to do with them but it was funny it's it's like when you look back at it now you think my god massive drama but we were all because we were in this house, cut off from everybody, yeah. we were kind of paranoid. We were ultra sensitive to anything. So this really messed with our heads, actually. Yeah. And I know I'm laughing with me, kind of doing, don't speak, let everybody speak. <laughs> um, we were I kind of messed, it absolutely messed up because we thought there were rules that everybody yeah. was following. And it was that social experiment that you were talking about. Like, kind of the cruelty of it, in yeah, a way. Yeah, and it felt like a betrayal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another time when the voting happened, you'd go into the diary room and you'd say who you were nominating, and normally we never heard. But one day, I don't know what happened, they didn't play in the music into the room, so we could hear who everybody was. Or no, we heard the first person, it was Darren. So Darren went in, nominated his two people, and opened the door, and he was smiling, <laughs> kind of walking out. And the two fucking people absolutely went for him because it was supposed to be not anonymous. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was another kind of moment where, where I suppose, you know, the we were protected in some ways and at other times like that and with this, it just kind of, our brains were fried. Was it you guys who used to sing It's Only a Game Show? And yes. Yeah. 
I always remember finding that quite interesting. They used to sing when, when the nominations were happening. They'd be like, why, why is this in my brain, Anna? Like, I, this is not something yeah. I Googled today. Yeah. This is something that has remained in my brain for 23 years. Um, it used to be like, it's only a game That's show. That's right. It's yeah. only a game show. So I came up with that song. Just, yeah. when things, just when things were getting a little crazy. And just to remind all of us, yeah. it's just, you know, we're not all here. It's a TV show. Someone's going to yeah. maybe win shitloads of money. Yeah. Uh, him for being so brilliant and also for saying he was giving the money away, damn. Yeah, but we were talking about it earlier because Anna was the runner-up in this series. And when I looked at the nominations today, this is not something I kept in my brain for 20 years, <laughs> uh, Craig had 20 nominations in that series and Anna only had six. Robbed. 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 But he just, he came good there. Yeah. He really did. And he, it, that kind of confrontation won it from also... After that, with Nick, when Nick, so Nick was booted out of the house for cheating, and the security for Nick for the following week, following couple of weeks, the death threats that he got, yeah. he had to be moved around from hotel to hotel yeah. with the security car, you know, bundling him into a hotel because he was the demon of the yeah. decade because of what he had done in the Well, I was going to say, it was on the cover of every newspaper. Like, you have to remember, we didn't have social media. So, yeah. like, it really was your OG media sources. So it was TV, it was magazines, it was newspapers. And it was all completely dominated with yeah. Nasty Nick. Yeah. The producers were delighted. Oh, I bet. They yeah. were absolutely thrilled. And now, it was running smoothly enough, but it was that... I tell you what, it was that kind of moment that made the producers think, in future, you need high drama. Yeah. You know, and then from there on in, I think they thought confrontation is going to work. Yeah. Arguments are going to work. Yeah. You know, we didn't really have that. Yeah. And when they saw the figures absolutely spiking because of that massive confrontation and yeah. the deviousness that, you know... Um, had come from Nick, they thought, we need to factor this yeah. in in future. And they did. Um, and I'm going to show you an example of that, where two people have a fight over something so stupid, you won't believe it. So this is from series three. Um, so series two was won by Brian, Brian Dowling. It was an excellent series. I'm going to come back to that in a little while. But series three, things really started to kick off. They started messing with them in a much bigger way. And on this day, there was a fight about Rihanna's age. <laughs> R&B singer Rihanna has scored the longest running number, one single in a decade, after Umbrella claimed another week in the number one slot. The single has been at number one for she 10 weeks now, a record last achieved by Wet Wet Wet's 1994 hit, Love Is All Around. She's young as well, how old is she? What, 19, 20? She's about 17, 18. No, she's not. She's She's not. She's She's not. She's not. Well, I'm sorry, to be quite honest, I'm sick of listening to conversations where everything gets turned around to what you think and it's about you and you're in it. I'm sick of listening to it. I'm not listening to it. Have you not noticed that when you walk into a room and talk shit, I walk out of it? You two, I'm 
I'm just sorry to get you involved, but... Why don't you fuck off, you because silly cow? Why don't you fuck off? I'm only going to fuck off tonight because I've not been arguing again like you said you were going to. You've done such a good job. Such a good job. Are you having a lot? Chanel from Whitfield, where the fuck you're from? Yeah, you know... Oh my God, Rihanna's age. <laughs> Rihanna's age, kick that off. Yeah. And meanwhile, the lads are crying in the back garden. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it so much because that's how heightened things got. Things yeah. started to get completely crazy there. And there's loads of, there's, there's massive fights. There's yeah. uh, fight night, they called it, in one of the series. Uh, to be honest, I tried to get a clip of that, but it, none of it made <coughs> sense. So it just would have been people fighting. And I was like, oh, I just don't think we need to see any more of that at the moment. Um, Possibly as well, more alcohol was introduced to, yeah. break, you know, big Brother. That was and definitely fight night was boozy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and they started cast, you know, you know, and all of these shows, and I could talk to you about it again in television, you know, what are you casting for? Yeah. For our year, they were not casting for confrontation. Yeah. I think they were casting for people from diverse different backgrounds yeah. to a certain extent. But more and more, they were casting for confrontation and clashes. Yeah, and they were casting bigger groups as well, because your series was much shorter than they ended up being. <laughs> Sorry, they end. Sorry, they've just seen George Galloway on screen. Um, oh my God! But they started <laughs> casting bigger groups, longer series. So obviously tempers become more frayed. Yes. And I think the development of the show is really interesting. Yeah. And um, but then I couldn't really go very long without talking about Celebrity Big Brother, which for me is just some of the best television that's ever been made. <laughs> this particular clip, myself and my friend, I'm going to name drop here, Emer McLeisett, literally quote this to each other. I would say once a month. And um, <laughs> this is during, so they, they put the randomest group of celebrities in the house and it's always very entertaining. Somebody always loses it. Sometimes it's a bit dark, but this is not dark. This is just two people being very, very strange during a task. <laughs> They took it upon themselves to kind of do some role play. Um, and this is just for anyone in the, in the room who hasn't seen the show, who needs to be sold on its entertainment value. <laughs> Oh no! We need the volume. Okay. I wish we had the script because you and me would be very good well, at reenacting what this. What he's saying is, would you like me to be the cat? <laughs> <laughs> and then the two of them start pretending to be oh, cats so with each other. But it's kind of erotic in yeah. a very disturbing way. Yeah. I'm devastated. I obviously messed up that clip there. Um, but then this is, this is obviously, I couldn't possibly talk about Big Brother with talking about David is dead. Oh. Uh. I think, I think <laughs> David is dead is the best moment from Big Brother. Yeah. It's my, it is without a doubt yeah. my favorite moment. Yeah. Is there anyone in the room who isn't familiar with David is Dead? Yes, there are. Oh my God, stunning. Okay, <laughs> so the story is, it's Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother. Okay, you'll see there's a real, as I said, Motley Crue of celebrities in the house. This is Tiffany. Tiffany came from School of Flavor of Love, sorry, an American reality TV show. She is crazy. Um, and then the other person you're about to see is Angie, who is the ex-wife of David Bowie. Angie has just been called into the diary room and told that David Bowie has died. Now, they've been separated for a long, long, long time. Like, it's not like a recent relationship. So she's not like, you know, as you would be if it was your actual partner or whatever. But she comes out of the diary room a bit mixed up. One of the housemates in the house at that time was David Guest. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Please let the sound work on this. Huh? 
Jeffy, you gotta do me a favor. Anything. You can't say a word. Nothing. David's dead. No, he's not. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't do that. What the f is that? Sit down. Oh Sit my down. gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Sit down. Sit oh down. Stop gosh. it. Stop it. They're all gonna know. You gotta stop. Okay, I know you just I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Come on, come on, come on. You don't know you were playing. I know you're joking. I would never joke. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, oh gosh. Okay, this is just a joke. It's gotta be. Are you crazy? Would I do something like that to you? <laughs> Are you serious? Okay, 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 okay. What happened? What happened? It just happened now. Wow. Shit, cancer. And you gotta please stay calm, please. Oh my gosh. Oh my and gosh. I, this is not what I planned to oh do. Oh my gosh. I, I was not oh gonna say gosh. anything, but. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, okay. We, we gotta get everybody together. You can't, please, okay, I can't I, do I'm that. I'm not gonna be able to not. No, I can't do that, honey. I, I can't do that right oh now. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I feel sick. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need a drink. I need a drink. Oh, God. I this is not going well. I need a drink. Uh -uh. Big brother, I'm in trouble. Everybody, come, come. I can't, this is not I going can't, well. I can't, I can't keep this a secret. Oh, great. I can't keep it a secret. She told me not to tell anybody. What's up? What's up for now? Some Oh, great. <laughs> Tiffany, come sit down. Tiffany, come. She told me something, and I have to say it. I can't, I can't, I, I'm not able to not say anything. Sit down. No, go in the diary room. That's what it says. Sit down. I thought, I hope she's just joking, but she says she's not. That's what you're screaming. Yes. What, 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 what? Sit down, babe. Sit down. She told me that David is dead. Yes. David? David? Yes. She said he just died, and I can't hold this in by myself. No. Oh, you gotta help me. I gotta deal with this now. I f***ed it up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Where's David? Where's David? Where's David? Where's David? Oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Why the f*** did she hear that? She told me that David died. Angie's just said that David's just died. Sit down. Come see him. David, she just told me that you were dead. What? What the f***? That is so is chill, chill, no, 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 chill. Chill, 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 chill. chill. <laughs> Tiffany. No, Tiffany. What's she doing? Tiffany. 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 What? Don't, 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 don't. Stay away. Come on, sit what? with me. Sit Come with me. Why would she? That's not Come and sit down. Come on, babe. Keep them apart. What did apart. I do? You told her that David was dead with cancer. Yes, he is. He's in there asleep. <laughs> David, my ex-husband. <laughs> what does okay. she think? Okay, let me calm it down. Let me calm the situation <laughs> down. <laughs> oh, my God. I was not prepared for how fun it is to watch that in a group. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the best moments of television ever. ever. The characters that are in it, that are in it. How they're relaying the information to each other. Just the fact that David happens to be asleep in the bed as well, that they're pulling back the duvet. Now he's alive. <laughs> just, it is so good. It is one of my favorite television oh, moments ever. Mine too. Jenna's yeah. facial expressions when she suddenly comes on the screen. Oh, it's so good. And the way at the beginning she's moving from massively, you know, 
devastated too. You're joking, you're joking. Yeah. And then this kind of manic grin on her face and then just going crazy and going over to everybody. I'm not supposed to tell everyone, <laughs> David's dead. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. brilliant. Like you couldn't, I don't think you could write it. No, you, like couldn't you couldn't write it. And it's edited brilliantly as well. It's really well put together. Oh, it's so She good. doesn't give a damn. She's just like looking <laughs> fabulous in her dressing gown. <laughs> And the thing is, there's, look, there's a lot of darkness in Big Brother as well. Like, we've seen some pretty grim stuff. Like, that, that girl in the background, she was an actor from, I think, Hollyoaks, and then things took a really dark turn for her. She kind of, like, had feelings for someone on the show, and it ruined her relationship, and she kind of had a really rough few years afterwards. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you remember the Roxanne stuff. Um, there was a celebrity Big Brother where there was a soap actor who was in it, and... Um, she basically, I don't know what happened. She, yeah. one of the other people who was also a soap actor, touched her, like it was on camera, like touched her arm, like messing, and then like pretended to kind of shadow box. And she turned it in her head into him having punched her. And the more she talked about it, the more convinced she seemed to become mm. that it had actually happened. Mm. And it became this huge mm. story. And he was devastated because he was like, I didn't, I mm. never would. And the, the guys in the house didn't know who to believe. Mm. And then, you know, in the end, she was pulled out of the house and they showed her the footage and they were like, what the hell? Yeah. And then and her career was destroyed. Yeah, and, her career was destroyed. You know, and Emma Willis did a really brilliant really interview. Really brilliant interview. Really kind of uh, just wasn't taking anything yeah. from her at all. And it really gave her, an, you know, a tough, tough time. Yeah. It was kind of quite cold and yeah. um, not brutal, but you know, it had to be really harsh. Well, it was very powerful. And this is the thing about the show is that, you know, these things can happen mm. and it's important to confront them and call them out for what they are, obviously. Mm. And that's, a, that's a, we saw it, you know, mm. laid out on, on the TV and how serious the consequences can be yeah. Um, yeah. for either party. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a wild one. But yeah. anyway, we're we're sticking to kind of the light stuff tonight, guys. Because, <laughs> you know, we're not in the humor. So I wanted to talk about some of the most iconic housewi housewives. <laughs> Housemates of Beverly Hills. It's my brain, yeah, my brain was like. Sorry, that's for another night. Um, and obviously, I don't think you can talk about Big Brother without talking about Jade Goody. Mm. Um, Jade Goody was in series three, and while she did unfortunately have a bit of a, a dark turn on Big Brother, in the first series she was in, she was just so loved. Yeah. And I think this moment is a good kind of example of why. Is there a river called the Cambridge River? Yeah, it's called the Cam. Really? Mm. You swear? I only thought there was the Thames. I thought that was the main one in in London. It is. But I don't live in London. Oh, I'm confused. I thought came on. So Cambridge was in London? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Birmingham weren't in London. But I thought Cambridge was in London. Try to go and tell the group what you did. No. <laughs> The city is called Cambridge. The county is called Cambridgeshire. Oh, it's not Kent then? No. And the region is called East Anglia. East Anglia? Yeah. That's abroad. Is there not a place called East Anglia abroad? Jade, have you been taking stupid pills again? No, <laughs> I swear. It does sound abroad though. <laughs> Come on, East Anglia. Sounds like it's near Tunisia or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she still couldn't, by the way, identify it on a map like years yeah. later. She was she just, <coughs> she was, was really <coughs> ditzy, but like owned it. She owned it. Yeah. She was quite, uh, I, I met her once. Did you? Yeah, I did. So I was represented by an agent in London for a while, Noel Kelly, and Jade was uh, with the same agency. And I met her once and she just had this uh, beautiful energy about yeah. her. Um, and I remember watching Big Brother and she was very, whatever she thought was out there. And I'd say the editors and the producers had to really balance, you know, whether you're going to laugh with Jade or at Jade. Yeah. And, it, uh, you know, now they did put out quite a lot of stuff that you're laughing at Jade. Yeah. But the way she expressed herself, she was uh, just unashamedly yeah. jade she didn't know in that example geography or where rivers were or where cities or towns were um but she did it in such a way that she wasn't embarrassed she just didn't know those facts they yeah. they hadn't whatever been part of her life she didn't feel she needed to know them so i'm just going to move this a bit because it's banging That's off okay. um but but ev everybody loved her yeah everybody absolutely loved her because of that confidence that yeah. she had and when you know it was broadened out to understanding Jade's life and where she came from and the relationship with family members yeah. then your admiration for her grew hugely yeah another character on the show who was absolutely adored 9 p.m um excuse me was Nikki Graham <laughs> Um, who Gosh, I once met stories. in Brighton on the street yeah two tragic stories um, very unfortunate Nikki Graham struggled with anorexia <coughs> through her whole adult life um, but she was one of the most entertaining Big Brother housemates of all time uh, for moments like this now it's not fair Nikki comes to the diary room oh hello Nikki I'm feeling very venomous and angry <sighs> She vote for me. She doesn't even know me. She doesn't even know who I am. What I like. She's never even spoken to me. Wouldn't even give me the chance. She wouldn't even look at me. What have I fucking done? I would have actually taken this if, if it had come from the other housemates to be honest, because I took it last week. And actually, if they'd have voted for me again this week, fair dues, fucking right, because I moan and whinge and all the other reasons why they nominated me last week. Um, but she does not know me. And she's just come in here, marched in, in a golden gown, and fucking ousted me out. And it's not fair. It's not fair. I don't get it. You lot have made a damn well good decision. I hope you're pleased with yourselves. Let me out. <laughs> um, she, again, like, knew who she was and Absolutely. wouldn't apologise for it. Yeah. And that's what they both have in common. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Nikki was just... I found her incredibly entertaining mm. because she would 
pull people up on things that she wasn't happy with. Now, she could move into that territory of, which happens a little bit in, in Big Brother if someone feels they're not being listened to, yeah. you know, and she's not the greatest listener, I don't <laughs> think. It's that, that's that kind of uh, sentence you get in Big Brother. Are you disrespecting me? Are you disrespecting yeah. me? You know, they talk over each other, Jade less so, but Nikki, yeah. definitely that type of person. But again, honest, incredibly self-aware, yeah. inc incredibly unapologetic for yeah. who they were. And the two documentaries that were made about both of these women's tragic stories, Jade Goody uh, in relation to cervical cancer and the amount of work that Jade did yeah. uh, in relation to awareness for yeah. cervical cancer. And then poor Nikki and her um, issues, er, er, eating uh, issues that she had over the years, both of them gone and, you know, both of them two brilliant, brilliant characters. Yeah, gone far too soon, rest yeah. in peace. Um, then before we get to Anna, um, I had to acknowledge, I have to say one of my favorite Big Brother people ever, and it is Brian Dowling. Yeah, super. So yeah. Brian Dowling was the winner of Big Brother Series 2. You probably know Brian Dowling. I mean, he's still on TV all the time um, and on social media and everywhere you turn around. But I don't know if you, if you didn't watch Big Brother, you may not know that on Series 2, Brian was hilarious naturally hilarious he was young he was gay the night that it was the final i remember him being in the back garden with helen who was the other the runner-up and literally saying a gay what did he say an irish puff his word is not going to win this over and over and over again an irish puff is not going to win this an irish puff is not going to win this like you couldn't you couldn't believe it mm. and yet he won because he was just naturally funny yeah and fun. Absolutely. And that's why he still has a career, I think. Yeah, and a real lightness to him as well yeah. in the show. It was just, he was an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, I have his best bits here. Hello, everyone! <laughs> Guess who's here to play games? Hi, I'm blind. No, you're not. Actually, no, I bashed with the other team. Just like that. <laughs> and if you're really sweet. So you give me a blowjob. Oh! Yes. Oh! 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 And I miss my mom, I miss my dad, I miss my sister, I miss my friends. I miss my goddamn teddy bears, and that's so stupid. I think Mother Trade was fantastic. All these children need so much help. Where are the children? children? That was oh, Dean's idea. <laughs> Hello. Benny. <laughs> it has to go. We're being held against our will, honestly. No! It looks like TV, but it's not. Did you just move your head at me? Of course you didn't. My name's not even Brian. I'm Simon. 
<laughs> he was so he was, funny. He was such fun. Just his Irish charm. Yeah. He, he was cheeky. The guys in there, the women in there, absolutely loved him. He was just one of those all-round, just funny characters. And his energy on that show as well. You know, yeah. every single time you're watching it, he's just bringing it constantly. And he was gorgeous as well. Like, he's still gorgeous. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, he was, he was a great winner. Yeah. He was, and he didn't expect to win. Like, he wasn't, you know... Yeah, no, I know. I think I was kind of a little surprised that he, he won as well, but maybe I paved the way for Irish people Well, I was just going to say... segue there. I was just going to say, like, do you think for you, when you went in, did, like, was winning in your brain at all? No, not at all. I knew there was... Hang on, actually. I'm going to take you back further than that before yeah. we get there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you went into Big Brother, the line that I remember, and I'm interested to hear how you feel about this line, is the skateboarding former nun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the way you were pitched. Yeah, lesbian ex-nun skateboarder. Yes. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. And those, are, they are accurate <laughs> descriptions. Lesbian, yes. Ex-nun, yes. No. Skateboarder. I worked, I worked in this uh, company that made clothes and gear for skateboarders. Okay. And when they were filming with me, they said, will you bring a prop so we can do something? You right. know? So I brought a skateboard home okay. to the shop. <laughs> and in my trailer, or my profile piece at the very beginning, there's this pathetic shot of me. I was living in Camden, and I'm on the street going like so slowly. And it's like <laughs> the slowest skateboarder ever. And here's the skateboarding ex nun, And I'm like, <laughs> incredibly slowly so two of two out of the three were correct so tell me about the ex-nun bit so the ex-nun bit so i was in the loretta order for two and a half years and why 
Um, I mean that with respect. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I suppose I was uh, in, I went to a Loretta school. Yeah. And I, I was at an age, kind of 17, 18, a few things I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know I was a lesbian. So right. that was kind of something that was massively suppressed uh, or not, oh, hadn't awoken, I suppose. Um, and then the nuns in the convent, I kind of admired them. Yeah. I thought they were really cool. I liked the work that they did. I wasn't very religious. Right. So That's that a bit a, of a sticking point. Yeah, yeah it's a, it was a little <laughs> bit of a problem. But, but also, I was, I, I was lost. I was kind of this lost 18-year-old, yeah. really not knowing who I was, where I wanted to go. And I admired these women. I thought, maybe, maybe I should do this. And I'll tell you a story. It's yeah. like, this is how... I love like, any story that starts with someone putting yeah. their hands over their eyes. <laughs> this is a sign that I really should not have joined the cop. There are many signs when I look back. But I remember thinking, will I, will I join? Will I not join? What will I do? Um, and I thought, I know, I'll open the Bible. So I went upstairs in my house in Rialto, a little small house, to the front bedroom. Thankfully, there were no siblings there. There were six siblings and me. And uh, so I went in and I got the Bible. And I, I opened the page and I went, how stupid. I'm going to put my finger on uh, a sentence. And I put my finger on a sentence, and it said, you know, come follow me. Probably the most popular phrase in the Bible. <laughs> it probably would have been on every second page. But in that moment, I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'll and, go for it. And how was it? Really interesting. Yeah. Really, really interesting. The first year... Um, so for the first year, I was kind of, you could have one foot in the door and one foot out of the door. So they sent me around to lots of com convents around the country just to hang out with the nuns and live with them for a few weeks. And a bit of a how do we solve a problem like Maria was? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. With my guitar. I did yeah. have a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, Up the top of the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the hills are in a... Oh, excuse me. She has a voice as yeah. well. <laughs> um, so I tried that out. Then the second year, I was a postulant. Mm -hmm. And that was in a house in Rialto. And what does that mean? A so a postulant means you're pre-novice, you're not taking vows. Okay. Um, so you get, I was sent on a course, uh, a theology kind of human development Catholic course with other trainee nuns. Mm. Um, and I just, I kind of liked it. I liked what I was learning. Yeah. I was enjoying that side of it. I liked community life. I liked living with these kind of cool women. Yeah. Um, and, but there were all these signs. Like I remember the house is in Rialto, and you could see my own house kind of over Herberton Bridge, over the canal. And I was being kind of a bit reflective one day, and, mm. I, and, and I thought, should I be here, should I not be here? And so I decided to sit beside the window and have a cigarette indoors. Right. And I'm sitting there, and I've pulled the curtain back, and <laughs> kind of smoking out the window, you know, crazy young postulant <laughs> nun. <laughs> it's on Herberton Drive, and a guard is walking by. <laughs> And he's going like this. <laughs> I went. And then he went. And the curtain was going up. <laughs> he could see smoke kind of making its way up the curtain. Um, so it was kind of interesting. And I was always, there was always signs that I shouldn't be there. And then the, the third year, I became a full-on novice. And 
was in Loretto Abbey and had the gear, not the proper gear, not a habit, but nice combo of navy and greys, you wow. know. I might shake it up and do double navy someday, you oh, know. Oh, you mad bitch. Mad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but you're still like not really sure about the whole God thing? I was getting into it. Okay. Okay. I thought I'd better, better invest in this just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, issues with the Catholic Church, everything to do with it. They yeah. were just kind of outweighing everything. Yeah. But on the one hand, you know, Loretta Abbey, there's a boarding school, there's a massive community of these really incredible women. I just loved hanging out with the older nuns. Yeah. The, the older nun who kind of baked and cooked for the boarding school, I'd go down to the kitchen and just chat to her and um, just have really nice conversations. And then I'd be walking back going, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> I'm just like chilling with all these women. And I was telling somebody recently that the night I decided to leave, so I had... I'd started to have a massive crush on this uh, basketball player. They allowed me out occasionally to do some things. And she was this uh, person, uh, just, she was brilliant at basketball. And I just thought, I love how she does this move. <laughs> I love how, you know, her arms are really toned. <laughs> and I'd come back to my little room and I'd go, what, what, what is going on here? So one <laughs> night... Uh, Marjorie, who was a friend of mine in the convent, she said, let's go out for drinks. You know, she'd occasionally take me out and we'd go for a few pints. What? Yeah, she was cool. That's a thing? It was a thing. It was for me and Marjorie, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can see the appeal. All of this is sounding very appealing, aside from the whole religion thing. I know. Yeah. If, if only the religion had been taken yeah. out of it, it would have been fantastic. Well, this is how I want to retire to my all-female commune. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> We went out, got absolutely, absolutely out of it. Amazing. Amazing. So I went back to the novitiate, which was at the side of the big Loretta Abbey thing, and I'm putting the key in the door. <laughs> and then I'm like going up by the corridor. The top corridor was where all the, the nuns slept, and we were all in you know, individual rooms. I'm walking down the corridor like this, like a ball in a pinball machine, like banging <laughs> off the doors. And then... Rosemary, who's the novice mistress, who was very strict, very attractive. She, uh, <laughs> she had gorgeous dark hair, and I used to love our conversations, you know, talking about theology and God, and, you know. Anyway, that's another thing. So her door kind of flings open, and she's there in her long nightdress and her long dressing gown, and I'm going, mm. And she <laughs> said, <laughs> What do you want now, Rosemary? <laughs> So, you know, she says, uh, this is not acceptable. I don't know, it's not acceptable. And she said, in my office tomorrow morning. I was like, ding dong. Yeah. No, I said, okay, absolutely. <laughs> so then I went down, hung over, and she said, you're not happy here. And I said, no, I'm not. And yeah. that was it. So you really were like Maria. I was, yeah. yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's of. my only known reference. Yes, really. yes. You're yeah. less like Whoopi Goldberg, so I can't really go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two. Yeah. My two what other non-films are there? There aren't. Yeah. There's the recent one, which is very saucy. I well, seen I that. actually had. An, I had a grand aunt who was a nun, and she was okay. really lovely. And she, um, when she died, she was living in a convent, and um, she wasn't sick. She was older, like she's an older lady. And um, the story goes that she was walking up the stairs. She, she had had her breakfast. 
And then she said, I actually don't feel very well. And she was walking up the stairs with one of the sisters and she said to her, I feel I'll be with sister someone soon, someone who had recently died from mm. within their community. Mm. And um, she went up and uh, the sister was with her. She lay down on the bed and kind of tucked her in and then she just died. Nice. And I thought, how beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Because she had faith. Yeah. So she wasn't scared. She yes. didn't know she was about to die, but she had some kind of sense yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a lovely thing to have if yeah. you have that faith, you know, with yeah. your religion that this isn't the end, you know, yeah. that you're, you're moving on to some... It's gone for me, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I same, just have I know. deep, dark fear about death, you know, and I all really, consuming. I really, really <laughs> tried to be a born-again Christian as a teenager. Did you? Yeah. I really like the singing and the youth group. <laughs> what do we like? Yeah, no, genuinely, I, I was really, I really was looking for something to belong to. I know. Yeah. Thank God there were no cults around my area at that time, yes. because I would have yeah. been straight they in there. Yeah. spotted you, and you'd be oh, there. 100%. But yeah, I really I liked the singing and kind of being part of something. I know. But I just couldn't get into the, the God in thing. God. It's <laughs> no. so bad. Yeah. But I really, I think it's such a lovely thing to have. I just, yeah, I can't get there. Yeah. And I, and I loved, I think what I took from it, like I, they were incredible women. I realized I like women, uh, but I like the energy and the, yeah. you know, the vibe of community living as yeah. well. I maybe that's why it was easy to go into yeah. this place. I didn't mind living in a, an enclosed space with nine other people. Yeah, so what did you do after that then? And briefly, that led you here? So briefly, so left the convent, fell in love with somebody, she broke my heart, thought I need to move away from Ireland, so I left Ireland lived in Edinburgh for three years and worked in a gay cafe. That was kind of my, my fabulous coming out, coming of age sort of period for three years in Edinburgh. Then I moved down to London because I didn't go to university here and I studied music technology, uh, an absolutely rubbish degree that I didn't <laughs> get anything from. And, and I was at that stage kind of 29 thinking, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Really at a crossroads. And I sat down one night and watched a documentary about this show called Big Brother. Yeah. And I thought I'm going to apply for it. And what did your family and your friends kind of think about this? Well, I remember my partner at the time, Tanya, coming up. Like, I was such... I was just such a lazy lump. I was doing nothing, you know. And she yes. was... I was working... Relatable. At, yeah, I was... <laughs> yeah, she was working incredibly hard and she came home one evening, I think I'd had five cans of Budweiser. I said, I have a great idea, there's this show on, I'm going to apply for it. And she's like, yeah, 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 you know, good luck with that. So, but I went through the whole kind of application process mm. and then anyone I told it to, they couldn't give a damn. They just didn't get it. They thought, whatever, it's not going to be anything. You're yeah. kind of... What, you know, good luck with it. Yeah. And even I didn't know what it was going to be. Like, I did get a sense of it when I got the contract from the lawyers, which was that size, where you're basically a document. Yeah. With 100 whatever pages, you're signing your life away. I remember yeah. going around to a friend of mine who was a lawyer, and she said, I brought her a bottle of champagne, and she read the first three pages, and she said, good luck, you know, you're signing yourself over. Yeah. So there was no... No expectation. We just didn't know what it no. was going to be. I mean, sure, how could you have? Yeah. Like, it was brand new. No idea. And so then, you've described, obviously, some of what the experience was like, but, like, looking back at it now, or even in the time after, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I've had lots of different feelings about it over the years. Mm. I have pure fondness for it now, you know. Yeah. 
but I remember, <coughs> so I'm just going to take some water. Absolutely, take your time. Immediately afterwards, there was this elation, mm. like quite immediately afterwards, that you're, you're out of the house and um, <coughs> you're just glad to be free. I can imagine, because you'd be so excited to see your friends, your family, <coughs> your Apologies. phone. Well, you, actually, I suppose you didn't have a phone at Phones, that stage. Yeah. But you're, like, in the same way that, like, I'd be delighted to come home to Ireland when I lived in America to have a Club Orange and, like, walk yeah. by a bus stop. Like, it must have been all of those little things all, on top of the big stuff. All of those little things. Yeah. I remember going, meeting Mel, who was in the house with us. And the night she got home, she lived with her mother, and she said can I put on the radio or can I, she was asking her, can I eat? Can I have some food now? And her mother was saying, you can do exactly what you want to do. And for me, a couple of days afterwards, I was waiting for the voice of big brother to yeah. tell me, go change the battery pack in your, your microphone case. Um, it's time now to pick up the food. So yeah. it really, it really kind of had an impact for that amount of time. Yeah. That went quick enough. Then there was the, because it was the first year, there was a craziness about what you were being offered. Yeah. I was offered a book deal for a ridiculous amount of money. And I knew I couldn't write a book to save my life, so I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. And then television offers coming in. Yeah. Um, they, and a genuine, would I like to release a single? <laughs> Did you consider it? Not, no, not at <laughs> all. I kind of had the sense to go, you can't bloody do any of that, you know? Yeah. And even with the TV offers, it, it really took my time before yeah. I decided. Well, before we get into that, because we were going to go there next, yes. let's watch Anna's best bits from Big Brother. Can I tell you the dream I had? Go ahead. <laughs> Are you bored? Not at all. Weirdest dreams, did you? Really, really vivid. Tart it up, girl. I used to be a stripper. I used to be a nun. I used to be a ballerina. You guys. You want to get on with everyone. For frighten, frighten, send in SOS. <laughs> and you want to have time to yourself. I kind of want to go home. And at the end of it all, there's a chance of winning £70,000. Sensational news. We've never had a night here where we're absolutely funny, funny, funny. You've only seen that much of our potential to be interesting yeah. and funny. <laughs> and the bomb will be there as well. It ricocheted. Maybe tomorrow night you could sleep in with me and Mel. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to watch that? It's to watch sweet. Yourself? It is sweet to watch it. It was all so simple. It yeah. was all, you know, the tasks that we were given, <laughs> it, you know, learn Morse code or learn to ride a unicycle. You know, it was just... It was very pure. In very yeah. pure, very <laughs> basic and very kind of chilled. So... Yeah, well, you know, it, and I was so bloody young. Oh, my God, you know, yeah. So, and I'm laughing as well with the English twang. You yeah. know, I have such 
a kind of a London thing going on there, you know. Yeah, you so still sound Irish, though. I do. Mostly Irish with the London twang going on, yeah. So you come out, you've got all these offers. Yeah. How did you... It sounds like you were very sensible. I think I was. Yeah. I do think I was, because I was seeing what other people from the house were doing. So Nicola, you know that little song but it's only a game show mm. she did release a single called i remember this it's only a game show it was like electronic right <laughs> yeah it was but she kind of was into that before she went she in. was yeah she it was didn't a come musician out of nowhere. And a yeah, yeah. That, and, it, yeah. and she did a good job and it was grand why I, do i remember this yeah like what is wrong with yeah. me i can't remember yesterday yeah yeah and and other folk were doing all of these things and um i got a i got offered a stupid amount of money for a big newspaper articles, like something like 75 grand for a newspaper article about me and Tanya, and she didn't want to do it, and I didn't really want to do it either. Yeah, but the 75 and grand, I'm sure, was appealing. It was, yeah. yeah it's a lot of money. It's it more than the prize for yeah, yeah. winning Big Brother. Yeah, it was, but we j I just thought, just sit on every everything for a while. Yeah. Um, but there was that panic as well. So you come out, there's the elation, there's all this stuff going on. Um, and, and then it dies away as well. Yeah. And I, and I got quite depressed, I think, after, um, after a few months. Yeah. Just because you've been put into this position where millions of folk have watched the show and yeah. you're getting spotted everywhere and people are whatever you know excited to see you excited yeah. to see you and that's and that's lovely but then that's disappearing and i you know i'm sitting on what am i going to do what am i going to do next yeah i know i can't write i know i can't i'm not going to release a single i know i'll just be okay if i get into television but i just need to choose it carefully um, and then an offer came in from BBC Three, which was BBC Choice, and it was from the guy who ran it, Stuart Murphy, who I had gotten to know a little bit, and he said, let's just take our time and come up with the format and see if you're happy with it. And that was a slow introduction then into broadcasting. And that was, was that Anna in Wonderland? It was, yeah. 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 So this is a documentary series. Yes. It sounds kind of like a Louis Theroux kind of vibe. Well, funnily enough, when I started working in the BBC, it was from that area. So factual entertainment had just, you know, come about. Yeah. Um, and Louis Theroux had really kicked that off. And on the floor that I worked in on the BBC, I was in one area, a very small area. Then Donald McIntyre, who was uh -huh. also doing factual entertainment, he was around the corner. And then the whole half of the floor was the Louis Theroux team. Oh, my God. And they had, like, football, you know, the people who were working there, kind of space invader machines, you know, foosball, table, <laughs> Louis would be walking in and out, this kind of creative <laughs> hub for the Louis Theroux show. Wow. And we were there at four computers going, what will <laughs> we do in this series? Yeah. So that was a whole new kind of area that uh, they were kind of branching into in the BBC. And I was sent around the world to meet crazy folk. Yeah, how did you find that? Because you, you went to like the Westboro Baptist Church. I went, met Pastor Phelps and hung out with him and his family. What was that like as a young queer woman? It was, uh, I kind of, I kind of wish I could do it all again. I wasn't yeah. experienced enough. I wasn't informed enough. Mm. I was just an okay presenter, especially with that subject matter that is hugely important, that you really, really need to have... Like, I did research it, but yeah. my voice wasn't strong enough, and I think... Well, I mean, if you think about the context, you went from not 
working in TV at yeah. all or interviewing people or doing anything like that yeah. to being on Big Brother to then being given a BBC documentary series. Like, that's a big leap. It was big. And yeah. they just thought it was good enough that I was a lesbian being parachuted into these really unusual places, yeah. you know. And looking back, that's not good enough, yeah. you know. And I, sh and I should have known that. So... Pastor Phelps is this incredibly, uh, he was this incredibly nasty, homophobic, despicable character who would target places where gay LGBTQ folk would be. And him and his family, I don't know if you're aware of them, yeah. would turn up with all their pickets and placards or, you know, placards. And they would go to hospitals where people um, who were not well, who were, had HIV AIDS, and just stand outside and jeer, uh, you know. So, so when I was confronting, it was I was just kind of hanging around, and I would just ask them questions, and I was hoping that would be enough, and it wasn't. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have the smarts. And then eventually, at the end of my two days with them, I, I didn't come out until the very end. Um, and I was saying to my producer, I'm nervous, you know, I'm nervous, yeah, I'm nervous I would to come be. out. And you know, I eventually I said at the end on screen, on camera, you know, I'm I'm a lesbian. He said well, you're going to hell with all the other gay folk. And that was kind of, and then he walked away. So it, 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 was, a, it was good. I wasn't good enough to do it, but it was a brilliant experience um, meeting. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Like, I've been interviewing people for years. I don't think I could do that. Like, yeah. it's a very particular it's a, it's skill. A, it's a really particular skill. A and talent, really. Like, yeah. I'm not sure it's something that you can... I mean, maybe you can learn it to a certain extent. But yeah, like and because the factual <laughs> entertainment uh, space was only just evolving, so so beforehand, if current affairs or or if a factual documentary had you know had been doing it with Pastor Phelps, you would be going in and you would be very factual about it, and mm. you know coming from that place. But Louis through and David Mortimer, who kind of set up that fact and area, were bringing entertainment into it. And Louis had the skills to hang around with people like Pastor Phelps or all, all of these other mm. quite outrageous, sometimes dangerous characters. And he just knew how to make, make it more entertaining. Well, His he's charm. It's a singular thing he has, though, yes. you know? Yeah. So you stayed in TV presenting. You yes. did, like, we would have seen you on the afternoon show in RT. Yes. We would have seen you on the Great, Great Irish Bake Off. Jesus, sorry, I nearly <laughs> misnamed the program. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about your time in the afternoon show? Yes. So my m memory of that time was that the, new the newspapers, the media in general, we're constantly writing stories about, so just for anyone who doesn't remember, there were three female presenters of the show that was on in the afternoon on RT about you guys fighting. Mm. Was that frustrating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they loved it. This idea, it's been, it's an age old thing. <coughs> Women fighting with each other, you know, yeah. cat fighting, not getting on for some reason that appeals to the media to run those stories and for people to read it. Um, Do you think it's still still as much now as it was then? Because that was what? How, how long ago was that? That was 15 uh, years ago? 2005 or six, so yeah. maybe 17 yeah. years ago. Is it the same? Well, kind, no, I don't think it is the same. Yeah. You know, you look at... Uh, it was rare, though, for it to be pure female presenters. Yeah. And, and normally there would have been the bloke and the woman. There would have been Marty and Mary. There would have been the guy and the girl kind of on the couch together. So it was, I think, Mary Curtis Norty who said, let's get three women together. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't think it would happen as much now. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know, would we get three women presenting a show now either? No, no. On RT. No, maybe not. But you get, you see it in other areas, you see it in podcasts, you yeah. know, you see it in other kind of uh, online shows. Yeah. Um, you get it on, you know, you had it on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, with, that's true. You know, the two female hosts yeah. there. Uh, yeah. But they're but they're not looking for the fighting anymore. Yeah. But we did. We were constantly asked about our relationships and and how we get on or where was their tension or that. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine that was really frustrating. Yeah. So then currently you work behind the scenes. Yes. <coughs> you moved into production. Yeah. You know, head of development for Coco Television. It's one of the biggest production companies in Ireland. Um, you, for example, have worked on programs like Room to Improve. Do you guys, are you familiar with that? I don't know, yeah, maybe. The lovely um, Dermot. <laughs> so how did you end up deciding, actually, I'd like to be on the production side? So it was a combination of two things. I stepped away from the afternoon show. Mm. I, you know, I did two years of it, and I thought, it's not me. It's, yeah. it's really not me. The content isn't something that floats my boat. Mm. You know, I didn't want to talk to a chef about one or two cloves of garlic in that. Um, <laughs> And uh, I kind of had to move away. So it was, it was a combination of my time was running out presenting. Yeah. You just know they don't want me. I've stepped away, but also they, do, they don't want me anymore. This is coming to an end. Yeah. Um, and I thought I better, better look into something else. And I looked into different options away from television. <laughs> and I thought I'm going to feck it. I'm just going to try production. Yeah. Um, and I went to person who owned uh, another production company um, and I thought give me give me a job I'd love to produce and he took a chance on me and and that was it, it was just banging on doors and for the following kind of four or five years just banging on doors saying please hire me you know yeah. but that's the freelance world yeah. and in television and media you, you have to keep putting yourself out there so it was quite a few people taking a chance yeah. on me and I loved it. Yeah, and you still love it now? I still love it now. I have a great job with Coco. So it's it kind of, I work as in development, um, but then I also work in production <coughs> as well. So like shows with uh, Room to Improve I've done, I've done Don't Tell the Bride. Mm. Um, I did uh, Generation Dating, and at the moment I've just finished a two-parter with Dermot Bannon called Dermot Bannon's... Uh, <laughs> super spaces mm. we can't, every few years we try to think of a different way of you know spaces different rooms different spaces <laughs> super duper amazing what new way spaces. can we get Dermot Bannon what? into yeah, a house exactly yeah. <laughs> make them smaller make them bigger yeah. have them in and Ireland. I will lap have it up them. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um, and so I move between the both yeah and and that kind of suits my my personality because I'm quite I need to flit from thing some yeah. you know from thing to thing all the time I don't have the biggest attention span, you mm. know, so working in development, I can go from this to this to that to that, yeah. you know, and that suits me. And, like, I feel like the climate for television, media in general in Ireland at the moment is at a very particular time. Yes. I think everything that's going on in RT is yes. part of that because, obviously, you know, really, like, there's only two places to go in Ireland for TV, and that's Virgin and, well, yeah. sorry, TG Carr. How dare I disrespect you? Three. Three. Yeah. Uh, TG Carr, Virgin Media, and RT, obviously. But RT is the big one. Yes. Um, which historically has had the most money and mm. all the rest. Mm. Um, but that's obviously has a big question mark over it now. Yeah. Where do you see TV in Ireland kind of going? I think the landscape is going to change 
hugely over the next three to four years. Yeah. It's been changing anyway, and we as independent producers have had to look at more than our three broadcasters in Ireland. You speak to anyone, like if, if I was to ask anyone in the room, you know, who sits down at seven o'clock on a Tuesday evening to watch a show, or, um, or certainly anyone in their 20s and 30s, it just doesn't happen at all. So the broadcasters in Ireland have had to deal with the streamers, with Netflix, Amazon, Disney, you know, Hulu, whatever, mm. you know, on our televisions, there's 40 icons that we can kind of tap into and watch television and watch it on demand. And it's been incredibly, incredibly difficult for broadcasters here to, to deal with that. Um, so they all have great online services now and you can watch the Irish shows on demand, but it, it's going to, the landscape is going to change again in the next four to five years. I think for RTE, it's what they're telling us. I'm not kind of guessing this, their model is going to change yeah. over the next four to five years. There's been a, you know, a huge crash essentially for RTE. Yeah. And they have to look at the model that they have, which is funding coming in from advertising and funding coming in from license fee. Yeah. Um, and how, how it, moving forward are they going to work mm. with that? And license fee payment is down. People are, rightly so, upset with yeah. our national broadcaster, yeah. you know, but if you want to take it, the advertising away and want it pure public service broadcasting, you're not going to get as much telly as you get. No. Or license fees going to have to go up yeah. if you want the same output of, of television shows. It's very, yeah. very complicated. I think that's one of the things that people kind of struggle with. I think sometimes there's an expectation that your RTEs, your you know, Irish channels are going to be able to provide kind of similar content, similar level, similar output as a BBC or even a Channel 4. Yeah. But like, we're just smaller. There are less yeah. people. There's less money as a result of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you can't. It's the same with magazines or newspapers. Yes, yeah. You just can't operate at the same level. And no. that's something I think that we're having to confront now. Yeah, and uh, everyone, or in government, is going to have to confront it as well. Yeah. What exactly is going to fund RTE? Um, and when you think about public service, it's so important. We're so lucky to have a public service that we're not, we're not owned by some media group. Yeah. That... We're not watching Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. That controls our news. We yeah. have brilliant news services in Ireland. Yeah. You know, current affairs, factual entertainment that Coco <laughs> Television make. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, you know, public... If you don't have public service, you're watching Fox News. Yeah. You know, you're watching... Murdoch or somebody else saying this is your news. This is yeah. this is this is the truth. Yeah, you know we we're, we're so lucky in Ireland to have public service yeah. broadcasting. We're gonna do a quick Q and A in a little while, so start thinking about questions. But before we do that, um, I wanted to ask you about your work with NXF or the yep. National LGBT Federation. Yes, um, you were the chairperson. Yes. Tell me, how did that come to be and, and what made you decide to get involved? Okay, so the, na na the NXF, uh, the National... I'm going to be real with you. I had not heard of this organization until you became part of it. Okay. And I thought I knew all of the gay organizations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I tell you why. The NXF is the oldest LGBTQ NGO 
in Ireland. Okay. So they've been around a long time. Yeah. And it's like they're the elder relative of the queer organizations, okay. you know. And since they have been formed, um, other ones have come along, right. you know. And they're a voluntary board. Right. So they're kind of like this quiet presence. They set up the Hirschfield Center. Um, they were very much involved in the marriage referendum. Mm. Um, they've done incredible research, um, the burning issues research that was done over the last 10, 12 years. Um, they've been a kind of a, a vital group in uh, LGBTQ rights mm. in Ireland. Um, so I came on board, and they published GCN. Mm. GCN, of course, Gay Community News, that we all love. So I was kind of looking to do something maybe three or four years ago. Um, so I applied to be on the when board. When you say you were looking to do something, what do you mean? I thought I've been a selfish little fecker for my whole life. I've really not given back to society. I genuinely felt that. Right. And I thought I need to do something about mm. that and take myself out of my own little selfish world. Mm. So I contacted them, was interviewed, and got onto the board, and I was tasked with looking after, working with GCN, Gay Community News. Yeah. And that was the most enjoyable, incredible, eye-opening experience, just to find out, learn the work that they do, yeah. the commitment from all the team. Like, th this is an organization that uh, it's an online publication and print publication that has to reflect what's going on in the community, that has to entertain, that has to pick up the really, really tough stories, that has to campaign, that has to um, do a huge amount. Um, and it's charity as well. So kind of getting into that space and uh, ultimately kind of being blown away by what they do for the community. Mm. Um, so I did that for two years, and then the chair of the board left, and we all had a conversation if I wanted to be chair, which I thought about for a long time and was kind of terrified because it's quite a grown-up job. Mm. Um, so I decided to take it on if I could bring the NXF into a new space. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing, and um, I wanted the NXF, because it's a group of really brilliant, smart uh, yeah, generous people. Um, and I thought we could offer actually a whole lot more yeah. than what they have been. They've done incredible work, but I wanted the work to be impactful, yeah. to make a difference within the community. Yeah. And so I created a strategy with them. I won't go into it, but just create a strategy for the next three years that will make sure GCN will be you know, sustainable that the galas, which is the Gay and Lesbian Awards, great mm. night that happened uh, two weeks ago, that that can still go on, and then creating an activist academy for young queer people, that mm. we can bring older people from the queer community with younger people and exchange information and skills and all of that. And then finally, a kind of a rainbow summit is what we're calling it, which will be a gathering of uh, people from the queer community. So. There's my goals for the next three years. Sorry, and by the way, <laughs> that's in addition, in addition to her day job. Like, that's very oh. impressive. That's mm. very impressive. It's, 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 I'm honored, and that sounds whatever. I'm genuinely honored uh, 
to be doing it. It's it's a lot of work, but I, I get incredibly excited about it. Yeah. So I'm just really delighted to be doing it. And like, it is so important right now yeah. in the climate that we're living in. It's so important right now, I think, for young LGBTQ plus people to hear online, on social media, how people feel about our community. Um, I don't know where they find this, the strength to deal with. I'm a bit older, I can go, whatever. I'm switching off this stupid machine, I don't need to hear it. Yeah. It's now spilling out onto the streets. Yeah. Um, you can hear the, <clears throat> the right-wing anti-trans rhetoric, which is rife and all over the place. Um, so I think with the Activist Academy, I just want to offer support and help equip young folks so that they don't get burned out, so that, you know, there are brilliant activists out there at the moment, but you can see it's a drain. Yeah. You can see how depressing it is for them. And I want what they're bringing to the LGBT world to continue for decades yeah. and for them to have the strength to, you know, keep going and offering what yeah. they're offering. Oh, I think that sounds so good. That's so good. Well, Anna, I honestly, like, genuinely feel like we could talk for six more hours. Yes. But uh, people have homes to go to, and I respect <laughs> that. Um, so we thought, I, we actually haven't done this at my, I was going to say at my live shows, like, I've done 100 of them, I've done, like, five. <laughs> but we haven't, um, we haven't done this before. But I thought tonight it might be good, good to finish up with a little Q&A in case any of you guys have questions. We have some microphones. So if anybody has a question, just stick your hand up. Okay, there's one there. The brave <laughs> first one, it's, it's always... It's very hard to be the first one. Yeah. yeah. And your all-time favourite Big Brother um, contestant and what you think of... Sorry, say that again. Oh, your all-time favourite Big Brother contestant and are you watching this year's season? Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't ask you that. Uh, Good question. I loved Nadia. Yes. I think a special big shout-out to Nadia because she was... Uh, an incredible housemate, again, somebody very much in the Big Brother world, that somebody, uh, you know, very proud, open, trans woman can be totally themselves. You know, when you think back to how the audience uh, and the housemates embraced her and just thought she was absolutely fabulous compared to, you know, what a trans person might, you know, be worried about going into Big Brother today and the mm. the... You know how how they you know how the uh, yeah that anti-trans rhetoric which is around at the moment uh, it's kind of really really interesting yeah. how things have have moved to where they are today. I loved Nadia, um, and I loved Brian Dowling. I just thought he mm. was absolutely gorgeous. Who was yours? Ryan. Yeah. He was great. I'd kind of forgotten how great he was until I was watching so the great. today. And then I was like, he was so great. Yeah. H are you watching the new series? I have only watched a tiny bit of it. Have you seen Hallie, the trans girl yeah. who's in there? Yeah. I thought it, it actually really got me thinking about you and about representation and how important it is because... I thought the initial... So Hallie is 19, she's trans, she's in the Big Brother house. And thinking about the environment that we're in at the moment, mm -hmm. the way that she, you know, took a moment to say to everyone, I don't feel like I've been authentically myself the first couple of days in here, I need you all to know that I'm trans, and then was very cool about answering what some might call stupid questions, okay. but in a very cool and, like, confident way, I thought was really powerful not just in terms of her confidence, mm -hmm. but also in terms of 
the value that that has for mm. the thousands, potentially millions, I don't know how many people mm. are watching it, but like mm. of people watching to have their potentially stupid questions answered yeah. and to see that this is just a girl. Like, yeah. and you know, it's, there's no evil kind of, you know, subplot. Yeah. You're, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about people who just want to live their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And visibility is yeah. so important. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And to see her being there, her just chilling, interacting in this household. It's kind of a great environment mm. for people who might be listening to the absolute rubbish that is spouted around yeah, social media, well. you know, yeah. and just to see her and just being this cool woman. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. Any other questions? Okay. Oh, there's one here. <laughs> and one over there. <laughs> Oh, well spotted. Hi, um, my question is, would you go on Big Brother now with social media? I don't think I have anything to add really to Big Brother. I don't, I don't, I don't think they'd pick me, you know. I don't think I would be entertaining, or entertaining enough or exciting enough. I'd probably be that person who's just going to sit on the couch and Big Brother and actually not interact with anyone, you know, because that's who I am now. But don't give a shit, I'm not going to say anything. So, um, yeah. What if you were a 30-year-old you, but social media existed? I probably still would. Yeah. I would. I have this, I've this dual kind of personality, you know, uh, see me, see me, don't look at me. See me, don't look at me. <laughs> yes. And I think why Big Brother possibly worked for me was that you were getting no feedback. Like, yeah. we thought nobody was watching us. Yeah. We honestly felt this, this, we actually had this thing, this show has been axed, and actually there's nobody in the production room at all. <laughs> Everyone's gone home, and we're just kind of in this house, and no one's watching. So, um, yeah, so I, yeah, I probably would, was, would yeah. do it again. Yeah. And then there was one more, where did you see it, Anna? Left there. Oh, left, sorry. <laughs> Hi, sorry. Um, this is one just specific for Louise. Um, you've been talking notes about your diagnosis of ADHD, and mm. I was just wondering, are you mm. planning on doing like an episode that maybe goes more in depth with that? Good question. Yeah, I cannot get over the hunger people have mm. to hear more about my experience and ADHD in general. So I've been thinking I might ask the. Um, the doctor who I have been working with, if she would come on and answer some questions from listeners. Um, because I do think that people are really desperate for information. It's kind of a strange time because obviously loads of us are getting diagnosed with ADHD and also autism, like lots of different forms of neurodivergence. Um, and there's this really annoying conversation happening in the background where people are like, oh, everybody's getting diagnosed with ADHD, as if that means it's not real. And it's not that, no, no, we just know about it now, and mm. we know that it, it kind of presents itself differently in women, and mm. you know that the experiences of women in their 30s and 40s is different to the experiences of seven-year-old boys, and that you know actually what we know is that ADHD in women gets worse mm. instead of getting better, which is the way it works for men. And actually, what tends to happen is women are so brilliant that we can actually function at a very high level until we have kids, and then all of a sudden we're like, no, no, this is too much. I'm totally overwhelmed. Like, you know, we, we are getting diagnosed because we're learning about it. And mm -hmm. um, so it's frustrating to have the conversation in the background of the, mm, like I have heard from lots of people on Instagram and, and in various other ways saying, oh, I just don't know if it's bad enough or I don't know if I'm kind of 
you know, I just, I can't, I don't know, is it, it, like, is it real? People don't take me seriously when I talk to them about it, or I mentioned it to my partner and he kind of laughed at me, or I mentioned it to, you know. So I think that's why, this was not your question, but I've just gone off on one. Um, I think that's why there's such a hunger for information, mm. is because people are having their experience invalidated, which is really frustrating. Mm. Um, so yes, in short, yes, I do plan on doing more on it. Um, I have a few ideas actually around how I can do more on it because look, I still have not found my dream medication scenario. Mm. That's something that's still in process for me. But the understanding of myself that the diagnosis has given is mm. amazing. Do you know what is another thing that I found annoying that people say is, but why do, why do you need to name it? Yeah. It annoys me so much. And I remember chatting to my mother a while ago and she's she saying, it's so important to name things. She said, label everything. Labels are so important, you mm. know, because it, it, the idea of knowing that you have this neurodiversity and you can find out more about it. Yeah. And, you know, it, why not name it? Yeah, but that's such a good point because just in knowing, in it having a name, yeah. you know what to Google. You know, yeah. you know where to go to get more information. You know how to find people who have similar experiences for you. And not everything's going to apply to you. But every once in a while, you hit on something, and mm. you're like, "Oh my god." That's why I've never been able to get a dinner in the supermarket yeah. because I walk in and it's too much and I don't know what to do. And mm. so I leave with like an apple and three pears yeah. and then I get home and I've no dinner. Yeah. Like, you do you know, find choice difficult? Yes. I yeah. find everything difficult. <laughs> uh, would you make a documentary? Yeah, totally. Okay. Pick me up, Anna. <laughs> yeah, I will. I would. I would. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because the need for it absolutely is, is very real okay unless there's someone else who's absolutely desperate to ask a question um, which i don't think that there is and um, we're gonna say goodbye can i say a huge thank you to dolans for having me here thank you so much to the team oh yeah you're right <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody working here tonight. Uh, they've made us feel super welcome. Thank you so much to the team at Selective Memory for putting this all together and doing all the annoying and hard work so that I can just turn up and pick someone amazing to have a conversation with. Thank you all for coming, and thank you so much, Anna Nolan. This has thank been you. so much fun. You are a dream. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now, can I walk off the stage without yeah, falling can. over? <laughs> Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.